family members, this is McGann, the fangirl, and welcome back to the podcast. I know the last few days have been all Disney stuff, but I want to prove that that's not the only thing I do, that's just a huge thing I do. So today, I'm gonna start giving you parts of my Coraline theories. There are a lot of these, I think I have about 30 Coraline theories, so there's no way I'm gonna be able to catch every little, hey, look at this, or hey, here's a drawing I made. I think 99% of this will be easy to follow along with, but if you ever get confused, just look for the corresponding video on youtube.com slash the fangirl watches. And don't forget I'm on Instagram too at say halo goodbye. Hi everybody, it's McGann. Today we're gonna get a little bit darker or a lot a bit darker actually. Um, well, long story short, recently my eight-year-old daughter wanted to watch the movie Coraline or did I make her watch the movie Coraline? I can't remember. But one of those two things happened because I felt like it was a really underappreciated movie. And then after we watched it, I ended up finding videos on YouTube by The Theorizer and I actually ended up taking uh, four or five pages of notes here on uh, things that I've also seen in the movie that I didn't really think about before the theorizer did his uh, currently set of five videos on Coraline. So I thought I would share. The first thing that I've noticed is that the soul sand. There is a lot of theorizing going around that the soul sand is what powers all the animate objects in the other world. I don't think that's right. I think that the soul sand controls the mice, and I really think other than the dolls, there's nowhere else that we actually see the soul sand being used. I still really do not believe that the human characters are made out of the soul sand, or that most of the characters are made out of the soul sand, and a big supporter for the theory that all of the creatures in the other world are made out of the soul sand is that when, when other YB takes Coraline to escape through the portal, she says, come with me, and he takes off his glove and blows away his hand, which suggests that he couldn't last in the real world. But that doesn't make any sense at all, because he blows off his hand in the other world. He's still in there. He hasn't even set foot inside of the portal yet. And the whole purpose of that is to say that, well, the magic stops working at the portal, but the bell dam goes through the portal okay, and her hand even makes it to the real world with no problem whatsoever. Plus, the mice are constantly shown in the real world. The doll is shown as being functional in the real world. So how could that be that the soul sand stops working at the portal door? We also see that the mice and the doll are stuffed with the sand. Whereas the other YB pulls off his glove and he blows away his hand as if he's been sculpted and he's now coming apart. So what if other YB is giving Coraline the illusion of escaping the other world while actually following the Bell Dam's orders? Because if the other mother can create this entire universe, who's to say that she can't create a portal that goes to a fake place and makes you think you're back in the real world when you're not? And then you have the Pink Palace Limbo that you may be stuck in forever after visiting the other world. And maybe the ghosts and everything were, were set up there to scare Coraline and make her feel comforted, even though it's not any safer than being in the other world with the other mother. Now the Cotton and the Doll is kind of weird because we see the Bell Dam get the old doll, take Cotton out of it, turn it inside out, and fill it with sand. So why did it have Cotton in it to begin with? Well, there's several reasons I can think of off the top of my head. Um, the first being that maybe magical properties deteriorate in the real world, and so they become normal over time. Another idea is that maybe the sand is new for the Bell Dam. Maybe she didn't have it before 50 years ago when she made the last doll. Another idea is maybe Grandma got savvy to the sand having some kind of evil type of property, and so she replaced it with cotton so that she could keep the doll for sentimental reasons. 
it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's possible. Or maybe the fact is that the sand vanishes after a soul is acquired and it becomes something that is not magical anymore. So once the doll that matches the child is no longer with us, then there's no reason for the sand to stay with the doll. So it either miraculously replaces itself or it just, the old sand has no magical property left to it and it just turns to regular old whatever. My second thought is that YB's grandma, Mrs. Lovett, I believe is the official name, is the Bell Dam or she's in collaboration with the Bell Dam. And now obviously if her family moved in around the 1960s and she lost her twin sister, she wouldn't have started out as the Bell Dam, but what if there's a reason that one child came back and one didn't? And any way you look at it, there's really no explaining for why the Bell Dam could seduce one twin and keep one twin soul and get her eyes but not the other. There's just nothing I can really figure out that makes that make any sense. Unless Mrs. Lovett saw what happened to her sister, and then she made some crazy pleading deal with the devil kind of thing. And there's a lot of little things in the Coraline plot that make me think that this is true, because if the doll suddenly was found by YB, how? I mean, Grandma wouldn't hand it over if this was something that she's terribly afraid of, and YB wouldn't suddenly find it after 50 years of it being in a trunk. Like, why would he magically find it as soon as Coraline moved into town? It seems like somebody gave it to him or pointed him in the direction to find it. And then later we hear that YB's grandma is really upset because she wants the doll back. But Coraline never gives the doll back. And we never see Mrs. Lovett get the doll back. And at the end of the movie where she shows up, she doesn't seem to have anything to say about that. Now, what if Mrs. Lovett had been completely possessed by the Bell Dam in the 1960s as part of a transaction? Or, what if she made an offer to trade the real world to the Bell Dam to get her sister's soul released? Or, you know, anything along that line to keep her grandson safe, whatever. And in that scenario, what if Mrs. Lovett was too afraid to go back to the other world on her own, if she's ever been there? Assuming she's ever been there, but it seems like she wouldn't be afraid for no reason. So she concocts this plan to finally let a child move into the Pink Palace. And then boom, she's got this new kid that she can lead into the other world without ever having to lift a finger herself. Adults are obviously not blocked out by the magic in the other world. Otherwise, how do Coraline's parents get trapped and captured in the other world? If the parents really did get captured, then it debunks the theory that the Bell Dam can only serve one person at a time because I'll tell you, as somebody who's been married for 10 years, mommy and daddy, we don't want the same things. So if the theory that the Bell Dam can only serve one child at a time to seduce and lure them in there, I find it really hard to believe that she could get both parents at the same time and and, you know, back to back enough that she got them trapped in the in the snow globe area without any real effort and in such a small amount of time. And if you watch the movie, Mrs. Lovett only surfaces after the Bell Dam is quote gone. But she owns the place. She's the landlord. She's not seen around the place. She's not seen fixing anything. Before the end of the movie, all we ever know about her is that she does not want her grandson to be up by the house and she does not want children in the house normally, while also letting her grandson keep returning for no good reason to bring her dolls and other things. I mean, I would have that kid under lock and key making sure he wasn't going up to the Pink Palace if I was that worried about the situation. And really, Mrs. Lovett and YB have to be in on it because YB leaves the doll for Coraline on her porch. 
and Coraline gets it as soon as she gets home from her first time meeting YB right after he shows her the well. And if you judge by the amount of rain that's falling, it, there hasn't been a lot of time that has passed since the rain started at the well and she went back home to the Pink Palace. And since YB went home while he was talking to Coraline, it means that he would have had to have left the doll on the porch before he ever met her. So he dropped the doll off and then he goes up to the hill, meets Coraline, shows her where the well is, piques her interest, and then all of a sudden, oh, I have to go home because it's spooky up here and Grandma's calling for me. Something is not quite right with how that works out. Because even with a bicycle, I don't believe that YB went all the way back to his house, found the doll hiding in a trunk, wrapped it up, wrote a note, and got back to Coraline's house and left it on her porch before she walked back home and she didn't see this happen. And for a final thought on this particular theory, the doll itself, why does Mrs. Lovett have it and how does she manage to keep it for 50 years if it is the prime tool that the Bell Dam needs to lure people into the other world? Sure, you could say that well there were no kids there for 50 years so that really you know would be the reason why the bell dam doesn't need it but how did the bell dam even get the doll if it's been wrapped up in a trunk in grandma's house for 50 years or better because we see the doll floating into the bell dam's hands at the beginning of the movie and she changes it to look like Coraline and then she sends the doll back now with all the things that have been going on in the movie, we don't see any mice dragging that doll in or out of the other world, so who sent it to her and who received it to replace it? It seems to me that Mrs. Lovett had a very specific plan or agreement with the Bell Dam, if she's not the Bell Dam herself, to take the doll, send it to her, get it back, and make sure that YB finds it or gives it to him to give to Coraline. It is the only thing that makes the opening sequence make any sense at all. Okay, so I have really been rambling on a lot longer than I expected, and I still have a lot of theory left to go, so I'm going to break this into different videos. So if you like this video, I hope you'll keep tuning in to the other ones, and some of my theories will kind of contradict each other and look at both sides of the spectrum and, and kind of ponder the whole question in general, but it looks like this is going to be a three or four video installment just based on the sheer length of information I have to go through. So I hope you'll tune in to parts two and three, four, five, six, seven, however many I end up with. Hey, I'm back. So how was this one? Was this one pretty good? I know it's a little bit abrupt because this was one giant video, but because I couldn't put up more than 15 minutes at a time on YouTube back then, I had to cut this into three videos and it's a little bit awkward, but still, I think it holds up pretty good as one piece. Don't worry, after the 10th theory, I've got one giant mega theory that puts most of this together in one place. No, I'm not even joking, and I hope you stick around to listen to that. Other than that, please make sure that you follow me in the podcast so that people know that people actually listen to this podcast so it gets recommended more. And if you have that goodness in your heart, don't forget to follow me on youtube.com slash thefangirlwatches and or on Instagram at say hello goodbye. See you next time, family members.